0: Hey everybody, I'm Panicky in the UK, this is Panicky Pictures (coughs) And uh, the Wilhelm scream feeling very seasonally appropriate for this episode And uh, also appropriate to the general mood, my general mood anyway Um, Originally I had planned to put out an episode a few days ago on Kicking and Screaming It was the 25th anniversary of the Noah Baumbach film Kicking and Screaming, uh, I was going to talk about that, and it was going to be the first film that I kind of did a retrospective episode on that I hadn't already seen, so it was a little bit risky. Um, and, in the end, for a couple of reasons, I decided not to do it. Um, I didn't have as much to say about the film as I hoped, I've also just had a really rough week, uh, and I thought, you know what, uh, I need a break. Um, this uh, podcast episode idea is not sparking joy, so I'm going to take a few days off, and do something different, uh, so that's what I did. Um, but you can always go to my Letterboxd account, Panicky in the UK, and you can look at my write-up for the film if you're interested, of course, or uh, various other write-ups of films that I've seen, because that's what Letterboxd is for, nailing it. Uh, Anyway, um, instead what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk about the Cineworld closures a little bit, kind of harking back to my first episode where I talked about whether it was safe to go back to the cinema. And then I'm going to pivot and I'm going to talk about my Boxtober picks. Boxtober, Is that how you say it? I don't know. Anyway, uh, some spooky films that I've put in a list to maybe watch um, in October. Uh, for Halloween. So that is what you can expect from this episode. Alright, so uh, I'm going to try and keep this um, brief, talking about the Cineworld closures. It's such sad news um, for the staff, who I just think have been treated appallingly right from uh, when cinemas reopened. It seems like they weren't given adequate notice of cinemas reopening, Um, they weren't consulted, they weren't given the training that they needed, they weren't given the PPE that they needed, Um, and now um, this has happened with, I think, very little warning. Um, I've been following Cineworld Action Group on uh, Twitter. And it seems like a lot of people found out from the media um, that they might be about to lose their jobs. They've had very little uh, clarity from Cineworld management. Um, So I just think it's absolutely appalling um, the way that they've been treated. And I just, first of all, before I say anything else, I just want to express my solidarity with them. Um, Because this is a really shitty and sad situation. Um... I want to say that I think um, a lot of pundits and critics, I feel, have kind of been blaming the film industry um, for pushing back Bond. Um, I think that's misguided, you know? I think these mega-budget films, they need to make back a lot of money in order to recoup their losses, and actually often they under-report their budgets, apparently, um, to... <laughs> uh, to make it seem like they're more successful than they are, so they really need to make a lot of money, um, if they're going to continue to be viable, and the performance of Tenet in cinemas just didn't make it look like that was going to happen. So, you know, I'm not necessarily somebody who's gonna jump in front of a bullet for any of these gigantic corporations, but I do think that it's misguided in this case to blame them, um... Another kind of sentiment that I've seen is people encouraging consumers to go back to the cinema. I really understand the impulse there. Um, I have friends who are going back to the cinema um, and who say that they feel really safe, and obviously that's their personal choice, that's, you know, completely fine. It's up to them if they want to do that. A lot of the things I've seen cited as making cinemas safe unfortunately don't take into account airborne spread and ventilation. Um, A lot of it talks about surfaces being cleaned or um, hand sanitizer and social distancing, but that's not necessarily... I won't um, kind of go over everything that I said in my first episode again, but I just think that with airborne transmission and poor ventilation in a space like that social distancing isn't necessarily um going to keep you safe um especially if people are taking their masks off to um eat and drink um so obviously if people feel um comfortable going back to the cinema that's great um i personally still don't um And I think it's really unfair to put the onus on consumers. Um, As I've said before, if one person dies from going to the cinema, that's too many, in my opinion. Um, The government should be doing more, come on. It is not the industry's fault, it is not the consumer's fault. The government needs to be subsidising the arts, and... God, I mean, don't get me started on the way that the government has handled this. But we know from experience that, you know, the government is going to subsidise things like eating meals in restaurants and then a few days later blame people for the rising cases, you know. The government is going to make um, a test and trace system that isn't accessible to the poorest people or older people because it only works with newer iPhones and phones, you know. So, <laughs> I just really feel that putting the onus on either, you know, distributors or consumers in this case is really letting the government off the hook. And it is they who should be subsidising um, the sector. Um, and it shouldn't be up to consumers to put themselves in a situation that they may not feel comfortable with and may not feel safe about. Um and it also shouldn't be up to distributors to put out films that they don't think are going to make their money back. You know, <laughs> that's not how the industry works. Um, I mean, look, I'm not an industry expert. I don't want to spend too much time speculating. But, you know, there are certain things that are simply true that, that you know, it doesn't take an expert to know. Um, and I just think it's absurd uh, that it, the government isn't taking the flack for this and that consumers and uh, distributors are uh, so i just hope that people um bear that in mind when they're talking about this issue but more than anything else you know just my heart goes out to the inner world stuff and to anybody else whose whose career is is in danger at this time it's a really hard time uh, for a lot of people and it's a really sad time um, And, as I've said before, I absolutely love cinemas. Um, You can go to um, Empire Magazine's Twitter feed. They have a thread about how you can support uh, local independent cinemas. Um, I have also retweeted that, so you can find that in my Twitter feed as well, at Panicky Pictures. There was actually a Guardian article that I just read saying that um, independent cinemas are actually doing much better uh, than uh, big chain kind of multiplexes, so that is good news. Um, but again, I don't want to pretend that I have any business um, speculating on how this is going to affect the industry in the long run. Um, I just want to kind of make a plea for compassion and holding the government to account um, rather than blaming individuals or even in this case, the film industry uh, for this very sad, um, state of affairs. So, I'm gonna leave it at that, um, you can go back and listen to my very first episode if you're interested in what I had to say at the time about cinema's reopening, whether I'd be going back, um, you may feel that it hasn't aged well, I personally stand by what I said, and hopefully I've kind of justified why, Um, but, you know, um, obviously, uh, other opinions are available, and, you know, if you, if you do want to engage with me on this, if you do really disagree, um, you can always find me on Twitter, at Panicky Pictures, um, please don't be a dick about it, because I really (laughs) can't deal with that right now, um but yeah you can you can always uh have a chat with me there if you would like. Um so you know, just let me know what you think. Okay, well with that out of the way, let's move on to something which is hopefully a little bit more upbeat. Um and that is my Boxtober list, uh my list of films that I have made on Letterboxd, um to potentially watch in October. I'm gonna be honest with you, I have not watched a single one of these films yet and it's what, about a quarter of the way through October, 30 days of September, blah, 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 blah. um, let's say like a quarter to a third, uh, so that I don't embarrass myself, trying to work it out, uh, something like that. Uh, anyway, um, I haven't watched any of them yet, and it's just because, as I said, I've had a really rough week, um, and I've been watching stuff that was about to expire on Prime Video, and I also just haven't been um, super motivated to watch movies. Um, I've watched a few, but not probably not as many as usual, um, but hopefully I will watch some of these. I'm certainly not committing um, to watching all of them at this stage, but um, I have made a list of potential October movies to watch or rewatch. So I will just give you a rundown of some of those. Um, one is Alive or hashtag Alive, uh, which uh, came out on Netflix this year. It's a South Korean uh, zombie movie. Um, I love the film Train to Busan which is another South Korean zombie movie um, and I actually put it in my favourites. I've changed my um, Letterboxed favourites to my favourite horror movies for the month of October um, so you can check those out if you're interested on my account, uh, Panicky in the UK, Letterboxd um, and you can also um, see this list and interact with it on Letterboxed as well. Uh, So anyway, hashtag alive. Didn't get great reviews, but I just thought it might be quite good fun, and I am a zombie fan, uh, so I put that on there. And we've got The Addams Family from 1991, which of course I have seen before, uh, but always great to revisit. And then I have The Addams Family from 2019, the animated version, which I have not seen, but which I will be interested to check out. Adam's family values. Again, one that I love, would love to revisit, although what I might do, I know that that's Thanksgiving themed, obviously we don't celebrate Thanksgiving in this country, but um, I might um, hold it over to watch um, close to Thanksgiving, just for fun, because I'm not going to get through all of these. Oh, and these are in uh, alphabetical order, by the way, in case that wasn't obvious. Uh, and the reason that alive came before Adam's family is because it's hashtag alive uh American Psycho, which I have never seen um It's one that has been on my list for ages um I don't know if i'm not I'm not a slasher fan particularly, but I do love kind of serial killer stuff, you know I really love the Thomas Harris Hannibal novels and most of the adaptations thereof. Um, or maybe like half. Anyway, I love the Brian Fuller show and I love Silence of the Lambs. Uh, I actually haven't seen Hannibal or Hannibal Rising. Um, I wasn't a big fan of, um, the Ed Norton Red Dragon, um, and Manhunter. Uh, I could take it or leave it, but anyway. Uh, but I love, I love the Brian Fuller show and I love Silence of the Lambs. Uh, so I don't know. I'm Oh, and I love Mindhunter as well. Um, so I'm hoping that American Psycho, uh, will be a lot of fun, I've obviously heard great things about it, and it's also on, um, a list of films by female directors that I have been planning to watch forever. Um, Attack the Block, which I watched when it first came out, I believe I saw it in the cinema, even, I really enjoyed, um, don't think I've revisited it since then, so that should be fun. Uh, Bad Taste, um have no idea whether I've seen it or not. I have seen an early Peter Jackson, uh, but I'm not sure if it's this one. Um, can't remember. Uh, but hey, let's give it a go. Bird Boxed. Bird Boxed? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was thinking of letter boxed. Fucking hell. Anyway, Bird Box. Um, might be too scary for me, but we'll see. Uh, I am a huge fucking wimp. Sorry, train just went by. Um, Cell, um, Stephen King adaptation, I believe, uh, 2016, the uh, mobile phones all start making people kill each other, or something along those lines. Uh, I don't know, could be fun, could be fun, Uh, John Cusack uh, and Samuel L. Jackson if I'm not mistaken, both of whom uh, I enjoy a lot, Um, so I might give that a go. Day of the Triffids, 1962, I think that'll be a lot of fun, Um, I've put quite a few classics on here, partly just because they happen to be available on Amazon Prime, for which I have a um, free trial because I'm a student, I'm not paying any money to Amazon, um, if that helps you uh, although I might, uh, renew it when it runs out, because, uh, there's a lot of good stuff on there, but we'll see, I'm not saying that I'll definitely do that. Anyway, um, The Dead Zone, um, I haven't seen that much Cronenberg, I've only seen, like, five Cronenbergs, um, and, uh, I'm generally a really big fan of Cronenberg on the whole, um, and uh, I can go either way with Stephen King, but I generally enjoy adaptations of his work, and I think this uh, looks like a lot of fun. In fact, that's one of my uh, prioritised ones, the ones that I particularly want to watch. Doctor Terror's House of Horrors, how have I never seen that before? I think, again, that would be a fun classic. Gods and Monsters, not really a horror of course, but I thought that it would be kind of interesting to maybe watch um, a James Whale movie or two and then to watch Gods and Monsters, which I think I caught most of on TV many years ago, um, but uh, have never seen properly all the way through and I certainly don't think I'd seen a James Whale movie at that time, so I didn't really have the context for it. Um, House on Haunted Hill, uh, another classic, The Last Man on Earth, um, now The Last Man on Earth, the 1964 version, I believe is based on I Am Legend, possibly, um, I could be mistaken about that, it's obviously not, uh, The Last Man on Earth, the sitcom with Will Forte, which I really enjoy, and actually have been, Rewatching recently, it's kind of an interesting choice to rewatch at the moment, given that it's about a deadly pandemic that kills kills off most of uh, Earth's population. Um, but I don't know, you know, it's a vibe. Um, so, anyway, this is a different one. This is the uh, 19, uh, 1964 version. So, another classic that could be worth a watch. Uh, Monsters! Uh, 2010. I saw this at the Hyde Park Picture House. Look, I love the Hyde Park Picture House. I have talked, possibly no, I have talked about how much I love the Hyde Park Picture House on here, and I've also talked about it on my Twitter account. Um, a great cinema, um, adore it. However, I saw Monsters at the Hyde Park Picture House in Leeds um, when I was a student there doing my undergraduate degree. And the projection was absolutely unwatchable. Um, they, I think, they just recently um, installed digital projection, and they screwed up somehow. I don't know if it was that they left the um, filters on that are supposed to be for three D screening, so it was particularly dark or if it was like I don't know enough about projection but anyway there was something wrong with the digital projection it was unwatchable so although I have technically seen monsters um I can't really with any authority tell you whether I liked it or not because I basically didn't really see it um The Old Dark House another classic Phenomena 1985 um i Wanna say that's Argento? Um, Let me just double check that that's Argento. Yes it is. So I've never seen a Dario Argento movie, I think that that looks really interesting and maybe kind of um, an influence on the Duke of Burgundy, which is a film that I really love. Uh, Maybe not. Um, But anyway, it's got creepy crawlies in it, which I think is fun uh the quatermass experiment from 1955 uh again another fun old classic uh ramamragav 2.0 from 2016 which is an indian movie which i think looks really interesting and again potentially in the vein of the kind of serial killer type stuff that i tend to really enjoy so hopefully that will be a good one Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark 2019. Um, I feel like this didn't get the best reviews uh, from what I remember, but kind of decent, um, worth a watch. Um, uh, may- I think that it's kind of aimed at a slightly younger audience as well, so it might be like a level of scary that I can handle. I'm not, I love zombie movies, but um, there, there's just a certain genre of horror that I find um, a little bit much. It's mostly stuff that has a lot of jump scares, but also kind of um, paranormal horror. For whatever reason, um, I tend to find uh, harder to deal with than kind of gore. I don't, I don't like, um, I don't like what people refer to as torture porn very much, um, I don't like anything, like, scatological, so, like, I cannot watch The Human Centipede, um, I don't want to watch the Saw movies, but, you know, I've watched The Loved Ones, and I've watched Wolf Creek, you know, um, I I can handle gore, and I can handle zombies, love zombies, um, but I don't know, it's, it's difficult to completely put my finger on it, but there's just like a certain vibe that I find a little bit too spooky sometimes. So we will see if Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark falls under that umbrella or not, but I think it might be aimed at a young enough audience, kind of like a young adult type thing, that it will be fine for me. But I guess we'll see. Um, Shaun of the Dead I've put on there, I have seen that numerous times, but um, always one that I enjoy revisiting. The Stepford Wives, um, so the remake, that was not good, but this is, of course, the 1975 original, which I think will be really great. It, again, it's one that's been on my list forever that I keep meaning to watch, i have never got around to, um, but... Uh, I think will be very enjoyable. I know it's not kind of strictly um, speaking a horror movie exactly, I think it's horror inflected at the very least um, but certainly one that I've been meaning to watch forever um, and it's not all of these are strictly horror movies, you know, they're kind of uh, like um, psychological thrillers, some of them and some of them are just kind of camp spooky um, so, uh it's like, a diversity of stuff on here. Suspiria, the original. I have not seen either version of Suspiria, as I say. I've never seen a Dario Argento film. Um, but this is another one that I've been meaning to watch for a while. Maybe this will be uh, my opportunity to watch it. If not, I'll get around to it eventually. Um, oh, Theatre of Blood. I'm pretty sure I have seen this on TV. Um, 1973. Uh, I believe it's a kind of horror comedy where... Um, an actor murders all of his rivals, uh, which uh, is right up my street. Um, So yes, I'm pretty sure that I have seen it, but I don't have it marked as watched on Letterboxd because I'm not 100% confident. And finally, The World's End. Um, So I don't have the whole Cornetto trilogy on here because Hot Fuzz isn't really horror inflected at all. I guess you could argue That it is, but it's much more of an action pastiche, obviously. Um, But I think Shaun of the Dead and The World's End are both horror enough. The World's End is more kind of sci-fi, but, you know, horror-inflected sci-fi, I think. Horror-inflected sci-fi comedy? I don't know. Genres are hard. Uh, But anyway, I put both of those on there because I felt like they're qualified. Shaun of the Dead I've seen many times, as I said. The World's End I've only seen once, so it'd be interesting to revisit that. Um, I don't remember when I first saw it. It wasn't at the cinema, um, but it probably wasn't too long after it came out. So it's been at least five years, I think, um, since I watched that. And I don't really have a handle on... Uh, how I felt about it, Um, so it will be interesting to go back and have a look at that. Um, I haven't yet added to this list, but I'm considering adding to it. Um, Midnight Special, which again is more sci-fi than horror, I believe, but might be an interesting one. And also the Hotel Transylvania movies. I'm trying to kind of um, mix up uh, the spooky scary stuff on here with kind of more light-hearted and campy stuff um, I don't think so there's stuff like um, Hocus Pocus The Craft um, Casper uh, what else um, a bunch of stuff like that they're not all available in my streaming services so I've mostly just gone for stuff that was available to me um, but the Hotel Transylvania movies are and so is Midnight Special so they may go on there um, feel free to let me know if you think that I should put them on my list, um, or if there's anything on that list that you think I should prioritise, uh, or whatever. Um, and again, uh, Panicky Pictures on Twitter, Panicky in the UK on Letterboxd, those links will be in the description, as always. And, um, I'm gonna leave it at that today. Um, so I know this was kind of like a, a loosey-goosey episode again and, uh, not actually what I was planning, um, but if you made it to the end, thank you for listening and, you know, uh, let me know on Twitter, uh, that you're out there. Um, and keep your fingers crossed for all of the Cineworld stuff and for me, because I had a shit week. Um, And I hope that you don't have a shit week. Um. (laughs) What's my outro? I don't have one. All right. I'll see you. Bye.